Welcome back to the RSM MBA program podcast. In today's podcast, we will be talking to Hans Kohle. Hans has over 30 years of experience in business and IT, and he has worked as the senior director of IT at Philips for over seven years. He's now the owner of Nubus. Mm-hmm, that's correct. Yes, and uh, he's been cal- collaborating with the careers team here at RSM since 2014 in sharing his knowledge with our MBA participants. So, Hans, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, about your co- collaboration with, uh, with RSM. Um, how did your collaboration with the career team and RSM in particular start and how did it evolve? Can you maybe share, take us back to then? Um, I think we need to wind back to, um, to probably 2015, 2016. Uh, at the time, as you uh, just said during the, uh, the introduction, um, I, um, I was hired by Philips to transform uh, the digital part of the company. And uh, I had learned uh, the hard way uh, through study, but mostly through work experience, that if you want new answers, if you want new results, you're going to have to change your approach. And instead of hiring more of the same, I wanted to hire fresh blood, smart people um, who focus on bottom line, top line, understand numbers and a numbers approach but also have an understanding of the industry that we live in and the industry that we work in. Um, uh, Through a collaboration at Philips, I understood we had a relationship with Erasmus and RSM. I approached uh, RSM and asked if we could do guest lectures um, and insisted that um, we do everything we can to to get graduates uh, to to spend a few months um, at Philips, see what they like, see what they don't like uh, and then start hiring uh, the ones that you know we felt were fit and um, and that's where the story started it's great to hear so um, our MBAs are always looking for that next step in their career uh, it's also about their progress during the MBA but also about their growth after the MBA so when it comes to that some of our participants start their journey um, knowing exactly, quote unquote, um, which direction they want to go. Some of them go in a more in with a more open mind. Um, so the MBA always affects their career path either way. And I was wondering if you could maybe share a few fundamental principles or strategies um, that you found to be crucial for personal or professional growth after an MBA. I recall uh, doing a couple of guest lectures on the very same subject, um, and uh, the question was asked by students, so what should I um, think about when I select my career after uh, my EMBA or MBA, uh, my time at uh, RSM? And I recall drawing a, a word cloud on, on, the, on the whiteboard, and I, so I asked uh, the students, um, uh, when you leave this year's class, Let's assume that you all have the same knowledge. Yeah, you've you've absorbed the same knowledge. Um, if that is so, if the assumption is true, what differentiates the person who will be in a chief exec role or uh, you know a high profile job uh, to perhaps a, a job that's different? Um, what differentiates the person who gets where he or she wants to be? Um, in a very short period of time to the person who feels I'm struggling to get there. And so we wrote down, I recall the exercise vividly, and we wrote down maybe 15, 20 words. And uh, we agreed 
all of us that those 15 words, uh, you know, is what set a per sets a person apart. The conclusion we came to uh, during that exercise was it is those skills, um, uh, the self-awareness, and so that's my uh, longer answer to your question. You need to be self-aware what separates you from, from the herd, what separates you from uh, your classmates. And um, in knowledge, it's not that much. I believe it's not, it's not knowledge that sets us apart. It's a couple of things. It's pride. Uh, it's your social skills. And social skills are not something that you stumble across, right? You, it's something that you can educate yourself on. Um, it's perseverance. Perseverance is, again, it's not something that you win at a lottery. It's not something you have it when you throw a pair of dice. Perseverance is a choice when you wake up in the morning. Uh, gosh, a couple of things. A sense of humor, right? Life isn't all about being serious. It's also about accepting its... Um, sometimes it's got its quirks. Do you have a sense of humor to deal with them? Um, and so we started having that debate between us, the students uh, and myself, and we came to the conclusion that in um, in most cases, I understand that there are going to be exceptions, but in most cases, if you think about these attributes and personal qualities, um, that's what's going to make the biggest difference to your next step in your career. Um, and so I also believe that as a recruiter, uh, now I'm, I'm an independent person, we've got our, I've got my company, we hire people, um, and and I spent most times, most of the time interviewing people, talking about these very subjects. I do not really, and I know it's not a popular opinion, I understand you can now read a balance sheet. That's great. And and I'm not going to test if you can read it better than I can. If you, I'm not going to test um, if you can write a really good business case. What I'm going to ask you is if you have a sense of humor. I'm going to see where your social skills are and I'm going to ask you how you understand yourself in relation to others. Do you have a sense of self-awareness? Um, and those attributes are, are going to uh, push me into hiring a person or not. Exactly. So it goes beyond the knowledge. It goes very much beyond the knowledge. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, there are positions where knowledge is a hard demand, um, but but I believe that most of those jobs are not the market that RSM educates people for. If you want to be a judge, if you want to be a surgeon, <laughs> I, we get it, right? Yeah. You need those hard skills. RSM and the MBA leads to people in a different sector, and I believe those... And that's also my my experience when when I I mean there's a student here and I won't mention his name but there's a, there's a particular person in fact he's joined me on one of those uh, guest lectures um, who we hired from here um, within a year um, he was I I let him uh, have conversations with extremely senior people in, in the company I worked for uh, he could easily jeopardize. Uh, my career by saying and doing the wrong things but none of that happened in fact quite the opposite he created successes for himself 
Um, he's uh, he's since then left Philips, works at, at, at a different uh, company now in the technology sector, and did really really well. Exactly. And I and it's because I did see in that person, um, and there's many examples, right? I'm just got this one person in my mind. Um, what makes or breaks a person who leaves RSM is that sense of self-awareness. Can I connect to the people I work with? Um, it's it's a hugely important. In fact, so much so that I believe that up until 2016, a company like Google, a company we all know, right, uh, for better or for worse, um, up until, and don't quote me on the year, but I believe it was somewhere around uh, the same uh, time, they required a, um, uh, a new employee, someone they were recruiting, to be able to provide a list of hard documents about the type of education uh, the person had had. And then there was an interview and an interview or two, uh, and that was it. Uh, and you can you can guess the kind of education that you need to if you if you're the, if you're Google you know you can you can you can you can um, minimize the selection uh, we want Ivy League only and only Ivy League etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Google has dropped that completely. They now search in the interview for those attributes that we just talked about. Exactly, because they add so much value to the knowledge that you already, all of you already have. And they add to the success of the company they found. And so do I. And I cannot reiterate uh, this enough uh, to the RSM students. And I've had the privilege of working with many, many uh, students. This is really important and something you cannot study for. So on one hand, it's easy. You don't need to spend, well, you do need to spend time thinking about who you are. But you also need to spend some time uh, thinking about who you're not and how others see you. I li- really like that you also mentioned perseverance mm-hmm. and resilience, which uh, which brings me to the to the next topic actually that I would like to discuss with you because when we look at the things that are changing, future the future of AI in mm-hmm. the workplace. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on that uh, for for a moment because when we talk about innovation and g- digital transformation. Mm-hmm. How do you foresee AI technology shaping the future of work across different various uh, industries? It's going to be a big change. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, this is um, a massive change to the way that we're going to work. Um, I am 55 years of age. Um, I've seen similar uh, types of big changes. And at every one of those um, oh God, the world is going to change. Um, people were holding their breath and think, what's going to happen? Uh, there was a sense of anxiousness, concern maybe. Um, uh, for example, at the time when internet, uh, the internet became a thing uh, near the late 90s, early zeros. Um, the same thing uh, probably about eight years ago, big data, uh, everything interconnected, the internet of things. And I and I don't want to compare AI in its in a sense of impact that it will have, um, uh, but I do think there's going to be another big change like AI in five to seven years. And so, as a student at RSM, yes, embrace AI. Don't be afraid of it, but prepare yourself for the next big change. So, change is going to be the constant in your life, and if you find yourself. Um, concerned about AI, um, um, 
that's okay. I get it because um, there's lots of unknowns. But also ask yourself, um, uh, how do I deal with with something that I don't really know much about and how it's going to impact uh, me? It's what I will guarantee people and, and people listening to this podcast. It's not going to go away, not by you being fearful of it. Um, so adapt to it. Uh, and um, I love it I, because I, I, I've seen in my uh, working career that usually these big impact changes Whilst you don't know exactly how it's going to play out, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you um, that I know how it's going to play out. I've got a few ideas. Uh, love to share them with you. Um, uh, but it's going to be for the better. Exactly. It's going to be for the better. And as a student, um, uh, I think it's important that you, uh, and I'm sure that they will already, and I'm sure that they use it today um, uh, in, their, in their work uh, here at RSM. Um, and it's going to be fantastic. Um, uh, you're going to love it. It does, though, mean that certain types of jobs are going to change. That's what I wanted to ask you exactly. Do you foresee any specific industries or jobs that will be impacted most? Uh, Thank you. I'm, I'm really thankful for the question because it comes back to something um, I, I was hammering on at the beginning when you asked what sets people apart? What do you need to focus on? And I believe that uh, LLMs or large language models, for example, and um, uh, uh, generative AI is going to have an impact for those jobs where knowledge was really important. Knowledge becomes less important. Capability is something else. So you can ask uh, any LLM how you need to drive a truck but it cannot do it for you. You can ask it what needs to be done by a heart surgeon um, to, um, to, to do uh, open heart surgery, but it cannot do it for you. Uh, and so that's obvious. Now, consider yourself to be a lawyer. And I ask that lawyer, write me a contract, um, a legally binding contract between two international entities uh, of a company um, that uh, are going to Im and export goods out of Southeast Asia, say China, right? Let's make this, um, let's make it contentious. It will then write you that document because it's all about knowledge. If, if you would then ask an LLM to say, do the negotiations for me so how I can win more contracts, it cannot. So those are the kinds of questions I think that students need to ask themselves. Hard knowledge, I don't think will become obsolete, will be, certainly become less important. Yeah. And in what way might uh, AI actually create new job opportunities or maybe transform existing roles? You already mentioned, of course, uh, a little bit of it. Can you elaborate maybe on the changes? Yeah. Um, just like the internet um, uh, well, let me actually go back and, and start off with something that's perhaps a little bit funny because now I'm, I told you my age. Um, when I, in the times uh, when I was studying, uh, and this, yes, this was a long time ago, um, there was an, a, a, a transformation in the industry um, we now know as the robotization age. 
and particularly in manufacturing, uh, that made a big change. If you look back on that period now, um, it's created a massive amount of new jobs. Programming robots, designing robots, selling robots, maintaining robots. And if you, if you, if you zoom out from that period, what it's done, it's, it's allowed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to uh, be able to transform for, from a labor-intensive um, jobs, sometimes even um, uh, risk, uh, jobs with certain amount of risks, welding, uh, carrying high loads, um, um, to now they sit at a desk, uh, which brings new risks. But um, what I'm trying to say is, in the end, that transformation created new job opportunities, which we are now, we, which we all love and embrace. It's called IT. Later on, the internet uh, was set to um, um, shut down all brick and mortar uh, uh, shops. What it's actually done is it's created new types of jobs, which make it uh, easily accessible to more people around the world to participate in it. I am, I am very, very confident. I was going to say I'm 100% sure, but no one can be. But I'm very, very confident that AI will create new jobs. And it's not going to just be in, um, in programming, right? So uh, because an LLM um, or a large language model, it, it needs to be trained in itself that becomes a commodity. I don't believe the jobs that are going to be created around AI are necessarily going to be around IT. But I do believe that, for example, if if law permits, um, if regulation allows you to, you can now um, um, uh, open up office, create a, create a company, or go work at a company where they used to require people with a legal degree. Now people um, with uh, more communicative skills, because the legal part comes from the LLM, you need to be the one that's selling uh, the deal, closing the deal. So I believe that jobs where human interaction uh, is important become more important and there are going to be lots more of them. Um, where knowledge is important, slightly less so. Unless um, it, it's one of those jobs where you actually need to do something like driving a truck or literally uh, cutting in human flesh to do open heart surgery. So when looking at a, their next big career move, so during their MBA, uh, they're already looking for that next step in their career, whether it's at the start already or more towards the end. Are there some key indicators or aspects of company culture and values um, that our candidates should focus on when they're assessing different companies? Sure. Um, and I... I uh, I grab back to something I um, um, I also mentioned in 2017. Um, I get why um, you might feel attracted to the logos and the brands that you know from daily life. I'm going to name a few, but it's not to um, single them out or to uh, to badmouth any of them. Exactly the opposite. But we know, you know, uh, the students know, there are a couple of logos that people love as a consumer, as a citizen. Apple, Nike, uh, Microsoft, 
uh, Amazon. There are a couple of those big players that are very, very uh, much in demand. And I get why. I would, however, uh, strongly advise to students to focus wider than that. Um, uh, why? In your career, it's going to be super important to um, have experience at big corporates and it's going to be super important, I think, to mix it with experience at much smaller, I call them boutique shops. Um, and I don't mean fashion, I mean boutique in the sense that within their sector, they are a challenger. And this could be a car manufacturer, this could be a software developer, um, a, a domestic appliances um, a company, anything. Um, so, so that would be um, advice number one. Don't just shoot for the uh, usual suspects. Big names. The big names. I get it, and, and, and rightfully so, but don't just do that. Secondly, um, if you get interviewed and you have considered all the suggestions I made about what sets you apart, don't stop there. Also, uh, test the interviewer about their capabilities um, for those non-hard skills that we were talking about is pride in you and perseverance actually seen and tested in one way uh, by that company um, and if um, and if it's something that's alien to them okay let me make a, a harsh statement um, w run don't walk because it's not for you if they only value um, this is perhaps the best comparison Perhaps a long time ago, salespeople were, um, uh, and this is this is something that I think you can easily um, uh, see in your mind. Salespeople were um, scored, targeted, purely by the amount of new deals uh, that they would have won. It's a simple KPI, right? You write it down. It's a number. It's a million. It's a hundred million. It's a billion. If you achieve it, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, you, you get hundreds of thousands of bonus. What we found is that it creates a killer um, attitude uh, with people in a sales team. It will lead to, um, uh, I want to win at all costs. I don't care about the team. I want the bonus. I want to be the best achiever. So sales organizations, smarter sales organizations, have learned to adapt more softer skills, which is why I urge you as students leaving RSM, um, uh, later this year, when you do your interviews, test if the company values um, uh, the presence of those skills. Uh, ask them to uh, provide uh, success stories of other graduates who have um, uh, come to, perhaps even from other schools, right? Um, and, and, and ask that you get introduced uh, to them. And ask those uh, former graduates about what we just spoke about. It's critically important. I guarantee this is going to make the biggest uh, impact in your career. Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you about like the application process, how they can test the companies and see if their values align. You already mentioned it that in an interview, you can challenge the interviewer in a way, challenge. Um, is there anything that they can do prior? There's a great tool to do that, which we all know and love. 
but you're going to have to use it in a different way than you're used to. It's called LinkedIn. Um, I believe that it's important before you go work uh, at a company that you're applying for or being asked to apply to, um, speak to some people perhaps of the same age group, uh, the same education level, and if possible, from the same university that you're gra about to graduate from. Send these people a text message through LinkedIn. Ask them, what is your experience uh, of, of working there? The good, the bad, and the ugly. There's always going to be bad and ugly. Don't be, don't be set back by that. But see if, if they connect with what you're, what you're looking for. Then, during the interview, you go along as, as, you, as you go through the interview. You're, obviously, it's, it's still an interview. The recruiter sets the, the uh, I guess, the, the, the boundaries and the scope of the interview. But I would, I would absolutely drop that in preparation for the interview, you've taken the liberty to uh, um, do some homework and tell them about it and say, this is what I've come across and, and maybe uh, offer them a compliment or ask a question about it. One thing I guarantee is you will stand out. Um, I would absolutely, and this is also something that's simple to do, right? Um, um, don't be too intrusive, be optimistic and positive about it. But if you want a certain handle, a certain hook on what to do and how to set yourself apart, do not skip this step, never, ever. I really like that advice. So I want to thank you so much for sh sharing your knowledge and your, um, and, and your experiences and everything with us. So thank you so much. It's been an honor, and I know people say that a lot. Uh, I, RSM uh, takes a special place in my heart because through the experience of working together for so many years, it's also taught me something about myself. In the earlier part of my career, I, I always looked for attributes in people that I now have learned are not the only attributes of quality to look for. So in engagement with the students here at RSM, both at uh, uh, graduate level or um, experienced uh, uh, professionals, um, they have also allowed me to learn a lot about myself and I'm, I'm grateful for that too. Uh, and it's also an honor that you've asked me for advice. I would, I would like to, um, to close by saying, um, uh, I believe in this advice. Um, it's worked for me. It's worked for lots of people that leave uh, RSM. Uh, it's not the only advice. So people need to also, and I would strongly advocate, um, uh, uh, you know, listen to other sources uh, of this. But if you find um, yourself, like I said, um, in, uh, in a funnel where you're competing with others purely on knowledge, run, don't walk. Thank you.